Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Well, thank you, first of all, for sitting down with me. I really appreciate it. So first question, did you feel personally victimized by Pat McAfee calling the dogs and going, roll tide? That whole where he changed is, yeah, you know, I mean, it's kind of his, his thing is, is to kind of keep everybody on their toes. I'm a big fan of the, the whole extra point challenge where they call out the random fan who's, who's probably talked a bunch of trash about how bad field goal kickers are and kind of exposing that. So I love that whole aspect of it. He brings a lot of energy to the show, and so it's, it's hard to complain. But um, after, after how good he was to the dogs and then him calling out Chuck's fish too was, was pretty funny. But it's all been it's all good fun. Could you have made, if you got selected from that crowd, because you were a punter too in high school, you were right. a quarterback and a punter, yeah. so could you have made a field goal? It depends. If it was an extra point, I think I might have had a chance, um, but if it, they start moving that thing back and that, that crowd gets a little big, the moment gets bigger, I don't know, it could, could go south pretty quick, but it'd be, it'd be fun to try. So you think you can? If it, was, if it was a chip shot, I think I'd have a chance. Okay. Okay, we'll give yourself some, I think you're not giving yourself enough credit, but we'll see. But I told you on our way up here mm-hmm. that um, I, I got to know your friend Braxton mm-hmm. like a little bit. Um, so he wanted me to ask you what your favorite Benchwarmers character is. Okay, um, I would say Howie is my favorite Benchwarmers character. Um, it's, he's just kind of a, a clown that always is scared of of what's what's going to happen and he's just a paranoid guy and that's all all the lines in that movie are just really funny and do you personally resonate with him um a little bit you know i'm not a complete introvert like he is but um i do enjoy some alone time but uh i wouldn't say that there's a lot other similarities other than that okay so we'll shift to then have a top five Mm -hmm. i won't just do baseball movies but like top five maybe sports movies in general okay i'd say number one has to be remember the titans okay that's a good pick um number two i'd go back to baseball i'd say moneyball um 
Three, I would go We Are Marshall, another football movie about the thundering herd. Um, oh, gosh. what? Okay, this one's up for one also is Miracle on Ice. That's a great Like one. that one, that one deserves to be up there with, with uh, Remember the Titans, if not number one. Um, and then number five, I would say... I'm gonna go more of the comedy route. I'm gonna go kicking and screaming, the soccer movie. That, that's a good one. That, I think that's, that's gonna round out my top five. Did <laughs> you play soccer? No. Well, I mean, I played peewee soccer like everyone does, but not, not past that, no. But you have also these nicknames mm -hmm. as well. So I have written down Chuck. Correct. Captain America. Oh gosh, where did De you get this list from? DiMaggio. Okay, yeah. Um, and then the ping pong wizard. Oh my gosh, I'm very curious as to who your source was for these <laughs> names. Where, what are each of them? What do they mean? So uh, give us the backstory. Okay, well Chuck is kind of the one that like I'm, I'm most okay with just because like it's, I don't know, it's, I've been called that for a while. I feel like that's a pretty normal Charlie nickname is Chuck. Um, and then Captain America started this summer with, with Team USA. Um, a couple of my closer friends started kind of giving me a hard time about that and um, calling me Chris Evans and, and whatnot and things like that. And so that is from Team USA experience. Um, DiMaggio is from freshman year um, after Joe DiMaggio, obviously the player. Uh, one of the older guys had, uh, had referenced that one time with, with my name, and it, I guess it kind of stuck with some guys. Um, and so that's where that one is. And what was the last one? The Ping Pong Ping Wizard? Yes. That one depends on who you ask. Okay. Um, I do like to play a lot, and it depends on who I'm playing against in the locker room. Um, but I would say I'm, I'm all right at ping pong. Uh, it's, it's definitely like the best locker room activity, though. Are you like a singles or do you want to do doubles? What's the... mm, I'm more of a singles guy, uh, just because doubles, things can get, people can get in the way, and uh, <laughs> it, it gets pretty intense when it's just singles, one-on-one, -on -one, mano y mano. <laughs> That's your Spanish, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Spanish National Honor Society. Right. Yeah, you have to yeah. throw it in there, right? For sure. Shameless sure. plug? Sure, yeah, that's, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> so did you play over the summer? You played a little bit over the summer with USA, too. Who was the ideal opponent that you always beat? Or even at UGA, who do you always beat? Um, Coleman Willis, my roommate. I don't know. We've played a lot, and, you know, he's, we, we worked on things. We haven't played a lot this year, um, but he's, he's gotten better. But he's, he's a guy that I feel comfortable with. Uh, all, all the time. Yeah. So you need like stat boost. You just yeah, like yeah, yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And you're six six. I am. I am. Does your height ever inconvenience you? Like, where does it become an issue? <laughs> it's actually really funny you ask. I was at Kroger last night, and you know the um, like the the aisle cameras that like when you walk through, they'll like say recording in progress. I smacked my forehead on one of those things last night, and it was like swinging back and forth. It it was not good, but like. You can't complain about height because, I mean, there are so many good things that come with it, but it's just things like that. Like your forehead takes a beating sometimes if you're not being careful. Oh, so you think you're like a safety yeah, a helmet or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly. Hard Where out. else is it an inconvenience? Um, you know, long car rides, big time. Uh, if you get stuck in the back seat and you're kind of, yeah, airplanes, if you're not, that's 
people don't realize how big exit row is if you're if you're a big guy like it's it's big time if you can find a way to get yourself an exit row but yeah just leg room and 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 head injuries i'd say are the are the two <laughs> the two inconveniences just the two important parts yeah. of the body right yeah, right do you ever get banished to the the middle seat when you're bad um, you in trouble? so growing up i'm a, the youngest of three oh, wow. and so you get those long car rides and i, I was the middle kid just because i was the smallest and then i slowly started to get bigger and started to have a better case for not being the middle seat anymore um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I don't think I'd get stuck there anymore. I don't think that benefits anybody in that situation. So let's go back to your childhood a little bit. Mm-hmm. When was the moment that Charlie fell in love with baseball? Um, I don't think there was like one aha moment. I think it was more of just the process of growing up playing it. Because um, my older brother, uh, he was the one who kind of got me into it just because I grew up going to the field with him and my dad when he would have practice um, and just trying to run around and, and keep up with him and and all that good stuff. And then it just kind of grew from there um, and, and just the relationships that it brought me throughout middle school and high school. And it was um, something that I felt like I was, I was good at and had a, a future with but also just all the things it has taught me about life, just the ups and downs and, and the roller coaster that, that comes with it naturally. Um, but I'd say it's, it's kind of just an ongoing thing. It wasn't a, a one-time, like, snap, okay, this is it. It's, it's just something that, like, it's, it just keeps getting deeper and deeper the more I play it, too. Is that the biggest lesson you've taken from baseball is, like, knowing how to control the ups and the downs? Right, yeah, it's... Um, that's that's one of the most important ways to say I I'd like to have success is to to kind of stay even keeled um, when when the lows get low uh, it it feels pretty pretty dark sometimes but when when the highs get high it's awesome and that's what you chase but like you can't like let your emotions completely rise and fall with it you got to find a way to be somewhere in the middle and knowing that inevitably they're going to go up and down and you can just control what you can control um, and, and let the the variables in the game take care of themselves and and just just be on top of what you can be on top of. Have you always been a pretty level-headed guy or did it take some practice? Um, I don't know. I, I think I have to credit a lot of that to my parents. Um, I think that they've done a – I'm very thankful for what they've done for me just as far as keeping me balanced uh, within my life. Um, you know, they've obviously preached the importance of working hard and they've, they've never been like the parents that are – hard on you performance based so like if you have a bad game they're not going to lecture you the whole car ride home like I'm and I'm very lucky and I know that like a lot of people don't have that situation and so that's something that as I've gotten older I've, I've grown more appreciative of and just that um, there's a lot more to life than than games um, and just that yeah you want to always gear it up and be as good as you can be but there's there's important things about life too and it's just just being in the middle. Was there ever a time that car ride lecture, there was a car ride lecture? Or? Yeah, um, I, there was a pretty good one when uh, I left my cleats at home one time and we had to stop at a department store on the way to a tournament and buy like $40 cleats. I got I got chewed out pretty good for that one. That one will always stick with me because my dad, I mean, he was, even we were in the garage, like, you got your cleats, you got everything. I was like, yeah, I'm good. Like, I've got everything. We get about 20 minutes out and I'm sitting there I'm like, how do I get this off my chest that I definitely don't have my cleats in the back of my car right now? And you just, I just wore that one and that, that one resonated with me a little bit. I'd say. What did he say to you? I can't, it was just, I think it was a lot of silence and a lot of just like, you knew you messed up. Like it was, it was bad. And then just the walking through that store and, and getting cleats, it was, 
I'll, I'll remember that one for a while. It's like the pit in your stomach, the anxiety yeah. building of, oh my God, how do I? Yeah, like I know that I messed this up, but like how do I try to diffuse this in the best way possible? How do I say something right now without getting <laughs> reamed out in the car? Right, right exactly. <laughs> so we're at UGA. Mm -hmm. Has UGA always been the dream school for you? Yeah, I mean, I'd say that pretty much since I can remember it has been just because my sister uh, went here, she graduated from here, graduated from uh, Terry here, which is the school I'm in now, and then my cousin played football here. And so ever since I got to high school, I've always had a tie to the university and um, going, going through the recruiting process that I had, it, it wasn't really in the picture for a long time, um, but then when it started to be, it was really exciting and it was a no-brainer for me when the opportunity came, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna ask, um, because of your recruiting process mm -hmm. and not being heavily recruited, mm -hmm. Were you expecting to have the kind of impact that you've had? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to say that you expect something like that, but I wouldn't say I was surprised by it either, um, just because the whole redshirt process that I went through and uh, kind of the that slower freshman year, it was a lot of work and a lot of preparation for when an opportunity would come around. And um, going into the season last year, you know, it's hard to be like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go into this and like, I expect to hit 25 home runs and do all, all this stuff and then, but like in hindsight, I wouldn't say that it's like, that's shocking to me, like just because of the work that I know I did put in and that's something that I focus on still now is that it's the, the work that you do this time of year um, and this past fall and going into the spring this season uh, that, that really speaks volumes to that and it's, it's just a good source of confidence. What's that work been like right now? Yeah, so getting back into it, we just started uh, live at bats and inner squads um, this past week. Um, so getting back into live pitching and, and seeing some some live at bats and getting some reps in the field and things like that. But then in the fall, it was a lot of weightlifting, just eating, um, trying to keep some weight on, and then um, working defensively with some positional stuff, and then obviously hitting every day. Yeah, what's that diet like? What do you eat to keep the weight on? Um, it's. Unfortunately, a lot of peanut butter and jellies, um, a lot of chocolate milk and things like just I wish I could save some of my metabolism right now for later in life um, and just kind of spread that out a little bit better. Um, but just, yeah, just consistent calories and trying to be disciplined about it. Okay, so on the Cape, we had this huge discussion of the best way to make a peanut butter and jelly. So okay. I'm so happy you brought this yeah. up. So what's the bread choice? White bread. White? Yes. That's like, a hot take. Like, wonder, like Wonder Bread, like soft pillow white bread. You're already yes. in the wrong for that one. No. That's just, mm -mm. okay, Wonder Bread. What's the ratio of peanut butter to jelly? More peanut butter than jelly. Give me a percentage. Uh, 65 to 70% peanut butter and 30% jelly. Okay, what kind of jelly are you doing? Okay, this, I could get roasted for this, but I'm a big apple jelly guy. <laughs> Apple jelly and grape jelly are kind of my two go-tos. You got me with grape. I'm with you there, but apple? Apple jelly's legit. It is. It's, it's kind of rare and different, but it is my favorite, and I'm sticking to it. What kind of, like green apple, red apple? Just apple jelly. It's, I've never had it. It's like a gold yellow color. You, you've got to try it. It's, it's way worth it. Okay, mm -hmm. I'll take your word for it. You've got to, it's good. I promise, but <laughs> that's what you eat every day? No, I, if, I, if I was making it, like, I mean, I'm obviously, like, I'll, I'll take the shortcut and grab an Uncrustable a lot, and that's where I go for the grape, and it's, it's easier there, and they don't make <laughs> apple jelly Uncrustables, believe it or not. You should email them. I know. Hello. That would be awesome. Um, but, yeah, if I'm making one, like, back home, um, I think I'd usually use some apple jelly, yeah. 
That's actually almost foul. <laughs> that is crazy. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> okay, we'll stick with it. I'll, try, I'll have to try and I'll let you know how it okay, goes, yeah. okay? We're going to go back to your recruiting process mm -hmm. again, and we're going to stray away from the jelly. Yeah, I'm gonna, I apologize. <laughs> um, was there something that was said to you during that process that kind of stuck with you? Um, you know, it was a lot of like reaching out and trying to promote myself just because it was COVID and a lot of limited opportunities and, and not getting seen a lot. So it was a lot of emailing coaches and, and reaching out and just trying to get attention that way. Um, but yeah, it was it maybe not thing, something that was said, but things that weren't said that st stuck with me um, and kind of pushed me to, to make it happen and push me to keep going now. Um, just knowing that um, certain places wouldn't give me an opportunity and, and certain schools wouldn't even consider me out of high school that that's the lack of words I'd say is is what what pushes me yeah what were some things that stuck with you that you just said um, just the just schools not giving me a chance really out of high school um, and really just seeing like and I, I wasn't necessarily a finished product out of high school I would say and I think that's what makes part of the recruiting process so hard I don't think I was necessarily wronged um, by being lightly recruited um, but it's just it is motivation now to to show that some people just f develop later um, and and grow grow into who they are later and so that's just just fuel for the fire what were some schools that you wanted to hear back from them maybe didn't reply to the email uh we'll keep that off the record off the record mm -hmm. okay do you ever play any of them yeah how good did that feel pretty good some external motivation right correct yeah maybe fired a little bit of internal Absolutely. motivation for sure one thing that i've kind of read about you consistently mm -hmm. is your patience mm -hmm. like your patience during your redshirt year like your patience um just like throughout your time in the recruiting process mm -hmm. How do you think patience has helped develop your game? Yeah, I think it's just the knowing that your time is going to come and it might not be on your timeline. Things aren't going to really happen when when you want them to a lot of times and it's it's the keeping your head on your shoulders when that does happen. It's kind of like I said like the controlling the controllables and just knowing what you are in charge of and and being really good at those things and not letting the the things like other people's timing get in your way. Um and just know that there there's going to be a shot and you just have to be ready to go when that time comes and just do what you can to have yourself prepared. Mm -hmm. There were um, skills that you wanted to refine during your redshirt year. Mm -hmm. What were some of those skills? Yeah, it was just uh, hitting off competitive pitching. You know, I came from a really small uh, private high school and hadn't seen a lot, a ton of super competitive SEC level pitching. And so it was getting at bats off teammates here um, and seeing some higher level pitching and then getting bigger, stronger, uh, working on swing efficiency and, and bat path and thing, things like that. Um, but other than that, yeah, it was just kind of getting acclimated to the environment and acclimated to the, the schedule. Um, you know, it's, it's with class and, and practice and everything. I'd, I'd say that was a big advantage was getting to do all like a two semesters of of going to class, going to practice, and showing up to the field for games, even though I wasn't playing, just that whole routine, I'd say, was, was big time. A lot of that sitting still for some people can have doubt creep in. Mm -hmm. How did you ever, how did you eliminate that doubt? Yeah, I'd say that that fall, I kind of proved to myself that I did belong here and that I, I could have a future here. And then sitting and watching so much baseball in the spring was definitely a little bit hard, um, knowing that 
I wasn't getting a ton of reps, but then going out to the Northwoods League that summer was was big for that confidence, was just going to play against other college competition and, and go about the schedule and do the bus trips and, and all the things like that, that that come with those seasons, which was it was a long summer, but it was really good for me. Um, and so that's where that, that confidence comes from experience, I'd say, a lot. And so that's something that you can just keep building off of. What was the most valuable lesson that you learned from that league? Um, or that ju- summer? Yeah, just not letting days bleed into others um, and not letting a a bad day turn into a bad week. Um, And that's something that I think is big time here when you play a three-game weekend series is you you have a bad Friday, you got to not let that bleed into a bad Saturday and Sunday and just have a short memory, And uh, which is way easier said than done, um, but just um, being able to show up to the field with a blank blank canvas every day. What are those mood boosters to make sure that you don't have, like let that bad day turn into a bad week yeah it's it's easier said than done but it's just falling back on knowing what you've done to prepare and knowing that you belong I think a lot of it's more internal confidence um, as opposed to it's really just knowing that it's the downs are part of it and the downs are natural and it's going to happen for everybody Um, and just knowing that things are going to even out um, and just trusting that you belong where you are and and being really good at being where your feet are so we're not going to see you ever after a bad day sitting, watching a rom-com, eating your peanut butter and apple jelly. Probably won't be eating my feelings away, now. <laughs> <laughs> but do you have something that's like that relaxes you or calms you? Yeah. Um, you know, I'd say it's spending time with, with my roommates and obviously the teammates um, are, are guys that it's, it's a big part of this. It's, it's, um, I think that's what makes good teams click is knowing that other guys are going to be there for you no matter how you play. Uh, on the field it's not all just performance based and I don't want people to treat me based off how I play Um, I want people to enjoy sharing the field with me because of who I am as a person and not because I might be a decent baseball player Um, and so that's something that I value a lot is is that time with teammates um, and just building those relationships and getting to know those guys is something that kind of keeps my head on straight every day. We have less than a month until opening weekend. Yep. What, is, what are you working on right now? Um, right now it's just consistency, um, being able to show up and stack good days um, and know that I've, I've got a, a, a good swing and a good approach put together, but just being able to stick to it and, and be consistent with it and knowing that um, that day, the February 16th is coming soon. Um, it's going to be here before we know it, and we're all really excited and, and ready to go. But um, just being being disciplined and, and making sure we're stacking good days and, and using every every day of practice that we have. Even the rainy ones, right? Right. <laughs> even even, even when it's got to be inside. That's right. Your draft um, analysis sheet mm-hmm. of scouts talking about you. Yeah, you have the great raw power, amazing hitter. But there was one section that stuck out to me, and that was you're a below average runner. Mm-hmm. How are you fixing that? Um, you know, it's it's a lot of strength-based stuff, a lot of agility that we work on in the outfield with first steps and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's something that I've never been an above-average runner. Um, but I, I do. That's something that I have been working on is is being a guy that can that doesn't have to rely on other hits to score. Can kind of score himself sometimes. But yeah, it's just strength and and twitch and uh, footwork and efficiency and things like that. We'll see you doing suicides out there. Yeah, right. <laughs> like yeah, just random little run tests. Yeah, that's right. Did the pacer test when you were a kid? Oh, I, I actually like I've I've heard stories, but I never had to do it. Really? Yeah, I got out of it. Like, it, the, my, it wasn't in our curriculum at, at our public school for some reason. It was awesome. 
I've, I've heard the I've heard the horror stories though. What position are you the most comfortable playing on the field right now? I know you've been working on mm -hmm. your footwork. Where do you see yourself kind of fitting in? Uh, I feel most comfortable in the corner outfield. I don't know that that's necessarily where I'm going to play every day, um, just with matchups and certain lineups and things like that. I think I could see uh, myself bouncing from corner infield to corner outfield, whether it be first, third, left, or right. But I'd say those are kind of my most comfortable spots. And you also had this great summer at USA. Mm -hmm. yeah. What was that experience like for you? It was so much fun. Um, I, I'd say it's the most fun I've had playing baseball uh, since I started playing. Uh, just getting to wear that jersey that has so much history behind it with an organization that has so much history behind it. And you get to share the field with, with guys that you've heard about and um, played against or um, maybe played with before in the past. And so it's, it's all the nation's best talent playing against foreign countries. So it was, it was all really fun. Fourth of July, you set off your own fireworks. Is that your first ever walk-off? You know, I think, I think it was. I'm pretty sure. I don't think there. Well, it's hard to even consider anything else once you have that one. But I think that was my first career walk-off. Okay. It was really fun. Because the hit itself was great and everything, mm -hmm. but the reaction afterward. <laughs> What was that like for you? It was fun just because I know that if anybody had been put up in that spot with that lineup, they, they were going to get the job done. But just to have my name called in, in that spot, it was kind of just more lucky rather than anything. But then it was so fun just because of getting to share it with the rest of the dugout and uh, all the guys that we've – I mean, you get to know the guys, then you're playing just like that. And so just that connection that we'd built and getting to, to share that with each other was, was a ton of fun. It was cinematic. It was. It, it was, was cinematic. I'll never forget that. Is that your most memorable moment, would you say, throughout your collegiate baseball career? Um, either that or Florida. Um, Friday night. It was my 20th birthday. I had a, had a good game. Had three home runs against our rival school on the road. That one was, my, my family was there. It was, that one was up there with it. So, Did they yeah. sing you happy birthday? <laughs> I don't know. I think I might have gotten a, a, a rain check on the happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was probably the best birthday I'll ever have. There were more important things about that. There were more important things yeah. going on that game. Right, right. <laughs> what's your plate discipline like? Like, what's your mental approach when you get up there? Yeah, it's. Um, I'd say the main theme of it is is just controlled aggression and knowing that sometimes the best pitches you're going to get to hit are going to be early in the count, and so just always being ready to go. Um, and even if they're not there, just having the discipline to, to take it. And um, I think it's knowing what, what I do well and also knowing what the pitcher does well and trying to find those, those hot zones that, that are going to work for me. When did you really develop that? Um, I'd say once I got here, just with the analytics that we have um, th amongst the staff, ever since my freshman year, it's been, it's been incredible and, and eye-opening to see what all that can show you. Who was your favorite player growing up? Uh, Freddie Freeman, for sure. Him and Chipper Jones. Um, even though Freddie's with the Dodgers now, um, no hard feelings. Uh, but those were those were definitely my two guys that I grew up watching the most. Seems to be a little hard feeling. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Just a tiny but bit. But Matt, Matt Olson's been great too. Can't complain with him. <laughs> do you model your game after any of them, or do you try to? Um, not particularly. Um, I'd say that. I mean, they're they're so hard to even con compare yourself to, just because they're such tenured and, and veteran guys. I mean, I would love to be like them one day, obviously, but um, I also try to be my own player some too, and um, kind of burn my own path. If in five years mm -hmm. a kid comes to UGA and is like, "I want to play like Charlie Condon," mm -hmm. what is that playing style like? What is that leadership like? 
Yeah, I'd say that as far as leadership goes, I've never been a guy that's been terribly vocal um, in the locker room or, or on the field. It's I always kind of considered myself as a guy that's more of a lead by example type. Um, so really, just taking care of business and in the classroom and on the field, um, and, and just knowing that letting making other people feel like they need to be getting their stuff done by by how you go about your business too. I'd say that's kind of the the main way I try to lead. You've faced a ton of talented mm -hmm. players. You've played with a ton of talented players. Mm -hmm. Who has been one or two guys that, oh my God, they are unreal. It just blew you away. Yeah, um, I would say that playing with guys like J.J. Weatherholt this summer um, and obviously playing with and against CAGS, um, I've got to know him really well uh, too. Um, but those guys are just, they're different animals. Um, it's its really fun to get to play against or play with and not as fun to play against. Um, but just getting to spend time with them this summer was really fun. Were they your roommates? Um, my roommate was actually Rodney Green Jr. from Cal. Uh, he's awesome too. I love that guy. It's, it's That's what's so fun about USA is like you get to literally live with guys who are completely on the opposite coast as you and getting to know them and I still keep up with Rodney today. Or you could just join the ACC at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Head out to California, yeah. maybe Texas. Exactly, all over the place. Was it a suite style? It was an embassy suite style, <laughs> so it was a hotel. Wait, so you're telling me two guys yeah. were in a hotel room Correct. for three weeks? Correct. How bad did it smell? Uh, you know, we got room service. It wasn't it wasn't <laughs> terrible. Um, I do feel bad for some of those maids that were maybe on our hall, but like, it, it, it does take a little bit of discipline to like not bring your cleats in the room and make the whole thing smell horrible. But it it, it was a ton of fun just being on the same hall as everybody and and having like the team room down in the lobby. It was it was a part of the bonding experience for sure. Was it like summer camp? A little bit, a little bit. It was glor glorified baseball summer camp. Yeah. So was USA all on one floor and like the different countries on different um, floors? We had a couple, I think it was like two or three floors that we were on and then everybody else was on other floors. But it was like that big like atrium style where like the lobby's in the middle and like you can like see the roof up top. It was, it was fun. Were there any pranks? Like what happened when you guys weren't on the field? Um, no, I wouldn't say any pranks or anything. It was a lot of ping pong um, down in the lobby again. Um, so that's where we go back to that. But yeah, just hanging out and... Um, in each other's rooms and, and getting to know each other and going to eat, things like that. Yeah, how was the North Carolina food? Pretty good. I mean, pretty similar to Georgia, I'd say. They're, we were pretty limited without wheels, um, so it had to be anything that was walking oh. distance. Oh, yes. Um, wait a second. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I mean, me and Jace Labulette, who's another one of my good buddies there, found a like a sports bar that we went to probably five times. And so it was just finding fun spots like that and doing things like that. So there seems to be this consensus overall, top six in the upcoming draft. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you're in there, but no overall number one, like they're the best one in the whole entire class. What do you have to do to set yourself apart even more this season? Um, it's just being being who who I am. I'd say it's just being showing up and, and being consistent. You know, it's I don't really let myself look at, at draft poll numbers like that just because um, it's just kind of distractions um, when when really if you just focus on the game and, and take care of what you need to take care of on the field all that stuff will handle itself um, but it's just being who I know I can be and, and who I've prepared to be um, and just going out and executing this spring. You have a new head coach this year. Mm -hmm. Was it was there ever a doubt in your mind that you wouldn't come back to UGA? No um, I, I was I was set on being here um, this was a school that 
like we, like I said, really it was the only school that gave me a shot out of high school. Um, and so I wasn't going to forget that that happened. I was going to stay loyal to who gave me a chance and all the opportunities this university has given me. Um, and so there was never really a thought of, of me wanting to pick up and, and go to a different university. Even with like a whole new coaching staff coming in, you wanted to be here? Correct. Awesome. Loyalist. <laughs> That's right. I try to be. <laughs> go dogs, right? <laughs> go dogs. Last question for you. If you went back two years ago mm -hmm. and, tw and said to yourself, you're, how old are you now, 20? 20. 20, so your 18-year-old self. Correct. Charlie, you're going to be one of the best hitters in the country. You're going to be a top 10 draft prospect. Mm -hmm. What would 18-year-old Charlie think, do, react? Yeah, I think he would have a little bit of trouble believing you um, just because it has changed a lot in the past two years. Um, but I think that it's all been kind of brewing up to this point. Um, I know that I was working just as hard then as I am now, and I'll continue to keep working like that and, and pushing this thing as far as it can go. But he would, he would be pretty fired up as, as I am now. Thank you so much, Charlie. Yeah. I appreciate mm -hmm. it. For sure. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.